Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash we do it all. And guys, this is a special freaking episode today. Jay, you told the fans, you said we will be doing this special trade deadline episode. And here it is. So, Jay, my brother over here in the six, how you doing, bro? I'm doing great. Some, some people love Christmas. Some people love Thanksgiving. For me, it's the deadline day. And we had to bring on the legend himself, Greg Foster. What up, man? What up, you, guys are, you guys are too kind. He's on the IR, man. On the <laughs> I IR. am on the I IR. I, uh, I have torn my terrace major, which is like the muscle that connects your uh, rotator cuff. I'm already old and washed, and this is just like the n- newest chapter in my like washed saga. Yeah. Damn, Greg. Well, you know what, Greg? Well, we cannot wait to have you back. We need you. We need to have you back uh, uh, carrying the team. I know you told <laughs> at a little, little. I can still shoot free throws left handed better than Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> Probably mid rangers threes man. and all of that. <laughs> Man, well, talking about Ben Simmons, we have a lot, a lot to get into. So honestly, guys, let's just get let's just dive straight into it. And I mean, we would be crazy and we probably wouldn't even be considered an NBA podcast if we didn't talk about that breaking news with James Harden. All right. So let me read it off to you guys, the full uh, trade uh, trade details. So the Brooklyn Nets are receiving Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre German, two first round picks and then the 76ers are getting James Harden and Paul Millsap boys the floor is open I mean first of all that's a wild trade wild um I also think it's something that Philadelphia had to do you can't waste this Joel Embiid season Joel Embiid is the MVP right now Mm -hmm. he's been playing out of his mind, he's got, you know, Sans Ben Simmons, who is a star in one of the best perimeter defenders and playmakers in the NBA. He still has them in the fifth seed and you bring in like another perennial all-star, you know? And I think the big thing is, is that like, yes, you had to give up Drummond and, and Seth Curry and, and picks in the deal, but you didn't have to give up uh, Maxi or Matisse Thibel which I think is really big. Yeah, no, you, I'm, just, I'm just shook by the whole deal, honestly. It's, 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 it's big, man. <laughs> it's seismic. Right. No, I I'd still had my doubts leading up to it, and I was, wasn't sure. I think for Philly, the whole deal was they didn't want to give up Maxie, um, and they were able to you know keep Maxie and Tybal. Actually, it was Maxie and Tybal, and they were able to keep him and bring on uh, Harden, which I see as kind of a – kind of a win in that regard but I'm still just skeptical about giving up Simmons I think if we're talking I'm just going to jump to the winner I think just Brooklyn won long term maybe if you look at this season I think maybe Philly has a better team right now but I look I'm just saying a fully healthy Brooklyn with Ben Simmons you know as that perimeter defender they needed to add because you know you're not getting that from Kyrie. And then you add Seth Curry, who I just rave about. I love that addition. He's such a and good then, player, man. man. Yeah, no. And then Andre Drummond to add on top of that. I think that's a great yeah. move for Brooklyn, man. Like, I, I just really love it. I am very uh, interested in what 
Philly does now in the non-Joel Embiid minutes. Like Andre Drummond was sneaky good for the Sixers this season. Very good. Um, and was able to kind of stop the bleeding when Embiid was out with COVID and has provided some really solid minutes for them when when Embiid needs a break. And like I don't know who filled fills that void now for you know, for Philadelphia. I mean, unless you're going to try to play James Harden at the five, I don't, I just, I don't know where that's going to happen now. Um, but at the same time, we're still talking about James Harden. I know he hasn't had like a great season this year, but he's still an all-star. He's still a guy who's won an MVP. You know, he's a bona fide first ballot hall of famer um, in this league. And I'm very interested. I think that, I think that dynamic could work between him and Embiid um, and they could really complement each other. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to make predictions, but I do think that this makes Philadelphia like a very legitimate title contender. Okay. Greg, so what's up, Jake? Quick, Go ahead. They favorite in the East title contender, like better than the Bucks. Cause right now for me, it's, the I Bucks. think it's, I think it's probably still the Bucks. Um, okay. Okay. But like, would it surprise me if Philadelphia beat the Bucks in a series with how well Joel Embiid is playing, and if if that that uh, dynamic between Harden and Simmons works? And like you still got your you still got your dog in in Matisse Thybul. You got you still have Maxi who can run the point and has proven that he's a, a really solid asset. And you know. Maybe this can help uh, rejuvenate Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the Sixers have a ton of weapons, and they're and they're deep, and they still have their defensive identity with Embiid and Tybal. Um, I think they're really good. Like, if I was a betting man, I'd still probably put money on the Bucks right now. You know, and this might rejuvenate the Nets too if you can get. Kevin Durant back and now you've got a really just all world defender in Ben Simmons. I think still a lot of it depends on if, you know, Kyrie does end up ever getting vaccinated and like can actually play. I don't really consider the Nets a title contender unless they've got Kyrie playing um full time. But I don't know, there's just there are so many variables in this equation that it's hard to really uh predict an outcome, but it's it's certainly a seismic shift in the NBA. Definitely. It, it, it was it was a huge shift. But just like, honestly, I mean, there's just two huge superstars. How long has this Ben Simmons, uh, like, saga and drama been going on for? So, you know, that that's that's also, like, a huge thing to finally be able to take that burden, you know, off your, off your shoulder and know, all right, Ben, we're going to get to see Ben Simmons play some basketball. But, like, Jay, you know, I kind of went, to, like, a harp on what you were saying of, like, that Nets are the winners. Like, man, the Nets, like, when I'm looking at this trade, I'm like, wow, like, they have fixed they got almost. So much. They got so much much and they have fixed every almost every issue that you could kind of want to fix as a Nets fan right so like it it, because in my opinion it could have been a Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up you didn't even need to add Andre Drummond and Seth Curry like that works out for the Nets and that works out for the Sixers Ben Simmons and Harden straight up but now you add on the Nets add on a point guard which they needed because you know the Kyrie can't play in in certain states Who's just shooting 40% from three. We were just talking about how, how great of a, how great of a, of a player he is. They were also able to bring Andre Drummond, the man who, when Joel Embiid, just like I were talking about, Greg, when Joel Embiid was out, was getting 20 and uh, 20 and 20 games. 
the man who is who's a two-time all-star who is a, is a, i believe a two-time nba rebounding champion right yeah, he, they, they are can, able to he bring, can grab rebounds he, they're else. able to bring all of that mm-hmm. in and on top of all of that they are bringing in ben simmons who can be that 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 that, that defender that they need but also you know, they don't, they don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know why Philadelphia was so stuck on making Ben Simmons a point guard. Like you're a point guard, you're a point guard, but like on the nets, he can run, he can run the four, he can run the three. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to have that pressure of, Oh, as a point guard's got to shoot point guards got to shoot. So man, honestly, the nets just, just took it big. What's up, Greg? The one, the one thing that does, I mean, the nets have shooters all over the place and they got guys man. who can get buckets. The one thing that hasn't been addressed though, is, can Ben Simmons actually play in the playoffs or mm. is he going to still yeah. be that liability that we saw him in Philadelphia last year? Uh, another thing that, that I think is an underrated thing about this trade is like the nets are sorry. The, the Sixers are replacing a guy who wasn't playing at all with James Harden. Right. Like a guy who still, I don't think he, he may not be a top 10 player in this league. He's certainly still like a top 25 guy. He can still like, you know, on any given night can give you 40 points and, and 12 to 15 assists. And, you know, like he's still an incredible player. And it, it I wonder for the Sixers, if this is kind of an addition by subtraction kind of thing. I, I, I feel what you're saying. No, I'm, what's up, Jack? Go ahead. No, I mean, I, I just think for the Nets, too, like, Greg, you kind of mentioned this and, and uh, alluded to this a little bit. I think d- alluded to this. I think that Simmons, the addition of him, but I think now it makes Kyrie getting vaccinated or the mandates changing in, in Brooklyn or New York even more important now because we don't know. I think when KD comes back, we can, you know, they said he's going to become full, like fully healthy. But I think adding another piece and a weapon um, the creativity and offense will be that much more needed with Harden gone in Brooklyn. So yeah, no, that's a legitimate concern yeah. uh, I have for the Nets. And you got another playmaker in Ben Simmons. And more than anything, you're replacing guys like Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin with Ben Simmons. Right, exactly. Like two net negatives with arguably the best perimeter defender in the NBA. Like that's that's such yeah. a significant upgrade. And you're getting Seth Curry, Man. another. Fabulous, like another guy who can play backup point guard, who can get you mm-hmm. buckets, who can hit threes. Like, just like Seth Curry is the type of guy you can plug and play in just about any system, and he's going to have success. Like, he's he's mm-hmm. such a commodity with his shooting and his gravity, and that just that opens up more lanes for Kyrie. That opens up more lanes for Kevin Durant. You've got like it's it's really interesting, like thinking about the dynamics and thinking about the matchups now and the upgrades that I think both teams have made. Yeah. I, I am just Absolutely. praying to the basketball gods. We get a Nets Sixers series. Ooh. Oh man. We need yeah. playoffs. Like we need it. that would be crazy. All right. So, like, all, all my money just to watch that series. <laughs> so right. fun. So all then, right. so, so then if you guys could give a quick grade to the Nets and the 76ers, how, what grade would you give You know, ABC, or D or F. <laughs> Philly's got to be like a, 
a play. I mean, you turned in Ben Simmons into James Harden. He wasn't playing at all. You turned yeah. him into James Harden. It has to be an A plus, right? Like it, I think, both an A plus to me. It's a, I think I think yeah. it's I think it's one of those rare trades that it benefits both teams. Yeah, you know that it, it yeah. addresses it addresses needs for both teams. Yeah, and yeah. I think the big thing is is that the Sixers did not lose their identity. Mm-hmm. By yeah. giving up Ben Simmons and acquiring James Harden, it is going to be interesting to see how the Sixers acquiesce to James Harden. He's a guy with a huge usage rate, um, and can he share the ball with Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid is still the better player. You know, Joel Embiid is playing like the best player in the NBA right now, and is James Harden willing to play second fiddle to Joel Embiid? Honestly, yeah. I'll be real. I think he is. Like, I think that those those pick and rolls with Joel and Beat and James that's gonna be, is gonna be insane. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be insane. And you've yeah. got you've got two guys now that at any time you can throw the ball to and say, Hey, go get us a bucket. Man. Mm-hmm. And that's such Myers. that is such a proven commodity in for teams league. to be able to have. Um, I I am so so excited to see both of these teams like. Man. It's well documented that I'm a I'm a Philadelphia guy. Uh, I just want good things to happen Into to Joel Embiid. I think he deserves it. I love the guy. Um, I'm just yeah. I'm excited for both teams. I just I'm just praying for that uh, <laughs> that play that, that, that needs to happen. Man. It needs, that to, needs happen. to happen. I know that the the Sixers and the Nets play in about a month from now. A and month. Yeah. That's gonna be prime time ESPN TNT oh, yeah. game. Yeah, uh, there's no way I'm missing that. Yeah, no. like, and there's, there, I mean, not, a, not only is there like the, there's the Embiid and Simmons thing, but you're also like maybe maybe you rekindle the Andre Drummond Joel Embiid beef that used to be so prevalent back in the day. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's just there's so many wrinkles. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers traded his son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. Uh, I didn't even t- think about that. I mean, it's there's so, so there are just there are so many layers to this thing. Yeah. This is like trade lasagna. This is like trade lasagna. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, so excited about this, man. When, trade when tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> trade tiramisu. Exactly. That's that, that's what the, that trade was. And um, uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Greg. I'm super excited to see these two teams and how the rest of the season, you know, plans out. But um. But all right, so then so let's keep it let's keep it pushing, guys, and let's talk about another big trade. It seems there were so many of these, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans and the Portland Trailblazers. The Pelicans got CJ McCullum, Larry Nance Jr., Tony Snell. The uh, the Blazers got Josh Hart, Thomas Hedaransky, Nikhil Alexander Walker, D. Guy, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not even gonna try that. And then, uh, and then a second, uh, 2022 second, uh, first round pick, and then two future second round picks. So, guys, the floor is open. Do we have any takers? I want to go first. Um, I, I am high on Nikhil Alexander Walker. Mm-hmm. I think that he can, can, can be a very good player. Um, one thing that I give the jazz a ton of credit for, and they may be better than just about any team in the league at doing it's developing their players. They've turned Rudy Gobert. If you watch Rudy Gobert, his first few seasons in the league, he looked like a baby giraffe with rollerblades attached to his feet. Could not move was the gangliest, goofiest motherfucker. Mm -hmm. 
And now we're talking about a guy who's going to be a guaranteed Hall of Famer, a three-time defensive player of the year, a three-time all-star, a guy who's going to make another all-NBA team. They did the same thing with Royce O'Neal as well. Like a guy who who went undrafted, who's now like yeah. a three and D commodity. And like, I saw a stat the other day that uh, Royce O'Neal guards the other team's number one option more minutes than any other player in the league. And I think someone like Alexander Walker can be a guy who can help him on the perimeter with their defense, which is the one thing the jazz need more than anything right now. I still don't think it's enough for the Utah jazz. I certainly do not think that they are a contender. Maybe they can get a Gary Harris or someone on the buyout market. Um, but I'm I'm definitely in more of a sell situation with my Utah Jazz than anything. I can't, you know, I, I don't think you can see what Phoenix has done this season. And, you know, they made, I think, some some nice kind of sneaky moves with Torrey Craig and, and Justin Holiday to kind of shore up their bench in that defense. I don't think you can see them and then see the Jazz and see that the Jazz have any sort of actual chance against this team in a seven-game series. Um it's it's very sad to see how Joe Ingles went out. I think, Man. you know, I think yeah. it was a it was a smart move to get off his contract and at least you got some sort of asset back with with mm-hmm. NAW. Um I am certain Joe Ingles will be waived by Portland. I don't expect him to leave Salt Lake City. He's going to rehab. I think the Jazz re-sign him, you know, in like kind of maybe a uh Udonis Haslam type role for moving forward like he's such he's been such a key asset to the utah jazz for the past eight seasons like he was basically acquired from the when the clippers cut him as kind of like a babysitter like a buddy for dante exum um and then turned into a guy who set uh the record the franchise record for the utah jazz for three pointers he was uh just absolutely integral to their success he's had so much impact on and off the court he uh one of his his kids is on the uh, autism spectrum, and he's done all sorts of uh, off court work in that arena to bring awareness and raise money. I think it's big. I don't think it's enough. You know, I think maybe a, a year or two down the line, uh, Alexander Walker could be a real asset. Again, I think, you know, he's one of those guys. He's six five. He's two ten. He he moves really well he's shown at least in his in his rookie season that he can shoot you know i think he brings some diamond dynamism and versatility to this jazz roster i certainly don't think it's enough though yeah and i'm 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 right there i'm right there with you and i think i think jay had a little quick well, wi-fi issue but uh we will um we'll, we'll, i think we'll we'll be able to keep it pushing he'll he'll get back on when when he's can here but um but yeah so so for you know for the fans you know greg i know you're NBA expert, but for the fans out there that don't know, um, when I was talking about this Portland trade, Portland then flipped Nikhil Alexander Walker to the to the Utah Jazz, which uh, w- which we'll we'll talk about, and, and that, that that's what, uh, what yeah. Greg was was referring to. And but and then just just real quick, you know, just to talk about on, like on that 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 Blazers side of things from the Blazers and, and Pelicans uh, trade, right? So the Blazers, I mean, with when I first got the notification, Jay, there we go, you're back, brother. So. Yeah. <laughs> When I first got the notification, right, 
I saw like, okay, CJ for Nikhil Alexander Walker. Damn, the Blazers got uh, the Blazers got played. That's what I thought. And then I, I yeah. opened it up, clicked the full details, and I'm like, the Blazers didn't get played. They got robbed. The Blazers. I I, I get it. I don't know. I, I don't know what Portland's doing right now, man. Like, I totally get it. Like you're you're rebuilding. I get it. But you trade away CJ McCollum, a massive trade asset for Nikhil Alexander Walker, which you then flipped a couple of hours later. So you knew you were going to do this. So you basically traded CJ McCollum for Josh Hart. And then the Blazers were like, well, here, if you're going to rob us, take Larry Nance Jr. on the way out, too. So, man, like, honestly, when I saw this trade, I was like, what? Like, not only did this make their team worse, this made Dame's job a lot harder. Uh, And honestly, I. I don't even know what their what their direction is. Like, like I think they're purposely I no trying to waste Dame's what. career. I think they're purposely I, trying to waste his yeah. career. Yeah, we got to get Dame out of out of Portland, man. man. Uh, and yeah. like I say, this is like a guy who likes the Portland Trailblazers. Like, Dame's a Utah product. He went to Weber State. Like, I I play pickup ball with Dame. Like, I've been following him since he was in college. Like, and I just want good things to happen to Dame and for Dame. And they're they're not going to happen in Portland. They're they're an inept <laughs> they're an inept franchise. Uh, Neil O'Shea, I know he's gone now, but uh, hard to imagine a worse GM. I think that Chauncey Billups is a dog shit head coach. Uh, I forgot their name of the owner, but he's basically come out and said he just like doesn't want to spend money on the team. So like, yeah. I guess they got under the luxury tax, which cool. Congrats, guy. I'm glad that you're a fucking billionaire who gets to save some money. Yeah. It's just cheap bullshit, man. And yeah. like, I move the team to Seattle. Fuck them, man. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck yeah. Nah. Jay, what, what about you? No, you I got- mean, I'd share the disgust with Greg. I mean, what, what is Portland it's doing? It's just criminal I mean, malpractice, man. It- at this point, yeah, no, I mean, we thought, I thought at least they would try to make a move and try to go after Jeremy Grant or someone if you're going to try to continue to win or I, there's no clear direction, much like the Sacramento Kings, which we'll, <laughs> I guess we'll talk about more, just a, uh, one of, one of the bottom barrel franchises um, in the NBA. And I mean, not really much else to say about that deal. I think that clearly the winners in that three-team deal, if you want to call it, is the, the Pelicans and, and Utah getting the, the Utah getting uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker and then Pelicans obviously getting CJ. And if they want to compete and make a run for the play, and I think they did a great job of doing that in the, in the process. So I don't know what Portland's doing. Yeah. I, I don't Long story I don't, short. I don't either, Jay. I don't, I don't think none of us do. And yeah, I mean, overall, this is, this is a, a like how you said, Jay, a real uh, clear winner Pelicans, uh, Real, in my opinion, honestly, a, a, a home run trade. Uh, they, the Pelicans were struggling a lot, and you know, for them to be able to bring in a player like CJ, right, who is an extremely uh, efficient scorer. The Pelicans were twenty fifth out of thirtieth play out of all thirty teams in the league for offensive in it, like in it being inefficient. The Pelicans were shooting thirty one percent from the three as a team. CJ himself shoots thirty eight percent from the three. So I just think that it's it makes sense. Takes a little bit of stress off Bi because teams, you really honestly, a lot of Pelicans games, teams just load up on Bi and then say, well, what are you gonna do? And you know, now we you, you bring in you bring in players like CJ McCollum and you bring in players like you no know, Larry Nance, who I'm not trying to say he's. A, a game changer but he definitely he's a, a good player he's off a the good player he's a man. good that's what i was gonna Playmaker, say he rebounds he, he plays defense like again another one of those guys that like 
just about any team in the league would want to have. I really would have loved to see Larry Nance on the Utah Jazz as like a small ball five kind of option. Uh, I think he would have been super, super solid, um, but didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I'm with you as well. I think that the CJ McCollum thing makes a ton of sense for the uh, for the Pelicans. They absolutely needed another guy, uh, another wing scorer, and that's exactly what they got. Um, and I think it's going to put a lot of, or take a lot of pressure off of BI, like you said, and like, still don't know what that dynamic looks like with Zion. You know, it doesn't look like Zion's coming back this season, but, um, I don't know, maybe that's a team to watch come next season. You know, I know it, it kind of seems like new Orleans is kind of in that perennial wait till next year stage, but I do like this move for them. I think that it was, it was necessary and, you know. I think Josh Hart is a really nice player, but if you have the chance to go and get someone like CJ McCollum, you go and do it. Yeah. And then, and then for the Blazers, are, can we all agree? Yeah, that's an F as a grade for their, for that trade. Yeah. Can we agree to move, F? move them to Seattle, man. Okay. Do it. All right. And then, and then the Pelicans, I, feel, I feel like the Pelicans has like an A or B, A or B grade. I'll, I'll give the Pelicans like an A, a plus. B. A plus. There we go. B plus. Right. Really solid move for them. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So, so let's keep it pushing. Jay, like how you said, you were talking about the Kings. So let's talk about that Pacers and Kings trade. <laughs> the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson. The Kings got Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and the 2023 second round pick. Greg, you look like you're about to explode. Go first, Greg. Talk to us. I just... I'm always so confused at this at the Sacramento Kings. I, I think that you needed to to make a move. I don't know how this makes any sense though. Like Domus is a wonderful player. I do not see how he makes Sacramento any better. Better, you know. And when you you're moving a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, who is proving that he is a super value valuable commodity a guy who doesn't turn the ball over a guy who shoots like 40 percent from three plays really solid defense and is on a rookie contract like this is a guy the kings could have invested in and built around you know and could have had for at least seven years Mm -hmm. you know and i have a hard time believing that sabonis is going to stay in sacramento do i i don't think that that sabonis is going to change all of a sudden just like change the culture and you know, the Kings are all of a sudden a contender moving forward. This seems like a very lateral move to me. And I just, you know, I think it's really nice for the Pacers. I think if there's, I think they're one of the big, uh, big winners at the trade deadline, you know, you get shooters, you get a young point guard. I think this probably makes Malcolm Brogdon a bit expendable. I'm really interested to see, You know, if they try to move him and, you know, they get draft stock or they get another asset, you know, I think one thing that I've learned through like the trade deadline and just being an NBA fan is like, if you are in a rebuild, the best thing you can possibly do is absolutely own that and really lean into, hey, we are rebuilding. We are not going to be good, but we're going to get there and we're going to acquire the assets necessary to be good. And I see that that's exactly what Indiana has done. Yeah, man. man. And I think I'm so, so high on Tyrese Halliburton. And again, I think Sabonis is a really good player. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that, I don't know if he's like an elite big man, but 
he might he's be like a, a a b tier you know like not not super super elite but like a hair under that and i think he does a lot of nice things i do think that their their front court is crowded you've got rashawn holmes you've got harrison barnes didn't get moved which is really strange um uh you got alex len that king's roster is just so weird and clunky and maybe they yeah. did it as a way to appease De'Aaron and fox but again I, it's just I don't see it as enough. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Greg. Like I I I am totally confused about this trade. Um, in in my opinion, like and and I love Sabonis. I mean, Jay Hill and Junior, Jay Hill and Junior, like that. You got they know. Like man, I rave about Sabonis. I've been a bit. I've been a big fan of Sabonis. A bit. My brother even calls me the number one leader of the Sabonis uh, fan club. So like you know, I'm big on him, but. I'm right there with you. He doesn't make them a playoff team. So then why in the world did the Kings just give up on their best young talent, their best young talent for a guy who doesn't even make them good enough to make uh, like uh, uh, the playoffs, right? And 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 he's probably gone in two years. And the crazy thing is that Tyrese Halliburton wanted to be in sack. How many people want to be in sack? Like nobody. So man, the Kings, like I am just, I'm just mind boggled. And the only other thing I want to add is just that, that uh, Halliburton and Buddy Heal were two of the three players on the Kings shooting above 35% from the, th- from the three point line. And now Harrison Barnes is the only one left. <laughs> so <That's> basically <laughs> they're going to build a team around De'Aaron Fox who can't shoot Sabonis who can't shoot. I, I don't know what the Kings are doing. Well, and that's the thing that's so, so interesting and confusing about this trade is that like Sabonis is at his best when he can he can score as well as facilitate and he's at his best when he's surrounded with shooters mm-hmm. sacramento doesn't have any shooters Man. yeah that's gonna get so clogged and like it would not surprise me if sabonis's numbers dip and his efficiency dips because he he doesn't have the talent around him to be able to be maximized yeah Right there, Richard. Uh, Jay, any thoughts on that? No, I mean, no, it, it's just a baffling move on the, the part of the Kings. But right. what what can we expect at this point, right? I mean, it's what we expect from that organization, a trash organization. And then you look at on the Pacers, love it for them. Um, you you get in Halliburton, you get in Buddy Heald, who I was surprised they didn't make a move for him at this deadline because I, I, I wasn't sure what they would do with that backcourt. And uh, like you mentioned, Greg Brogdon, and healed, but they kept him. And I think that could be a great move moving forward. I think they're going to look to move flip Brogdon and get some assets or whatever they can, like you said. And um, I think it's, they're going to continue building and bring in a a top five pick. Um, And I I don't know, the Pacers could be right there in the playoff mix, if not next year and the next couple of years and looking to be a force after that. Cause I think really the ceiling for Halliburton, I think hasn't even like been, he hasn't been even like scratched at all. I think yeah. he'd be an elite player. Um, and Sabonis, he's already touched his ceiling. I think he's already reached it, which is agreed. Kind of a good an all star in the East. You know, a, a player who is is good, but it doesn't affect the winning um, the winning category. And that's what you really want. And uh, I think the Kings just want to be a play in team. Is that what they want to be? That that's what that move like shows it. me. Yeah, right. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, let's just put on our GM hats here right now. If you're a general manager surveying the landscape of the NBA, do you look at, at DeMontis Sabonis and say, this is the guy I want to build my team around? 
No, hell no. That's no, crazy. exactly no. not. And that's Absolutely not a not. knock on Sabonis. Again, a very nice player, but I see right. Sabonis as more of like a, a, a complimentary player. I think he would be a very elite second or third option. Mm-hmm. But Demontis Sabonis right now is the best player on the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Sacramento Kings traded their best player to get him. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy, but I think Tyrese Halliburton is a better basketball player than De'Aaron Fox. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm right there. I, I think I that Tyrese Halliburton's ceiling is going to be way higher than what it's he can so do. Much. But I think as of right now, as of today, I would take De'Aaron Fox as a, as a better player currently. But I think I would, uh, I think Tyrese Halliburton has a higher, higher ceiling than De'Aaron Fox will ever reach. Tyrese Halliburton's ceiling to me is Marcus Smart with a jumper. Damn. Mm. That, that's, that's cold. Yeah. Which is that's a cold. franchise a changing type of player. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. <laughs> like a like a J Ru, like 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 a Drew Holiday type, you know, just, just a two way do it all, just a two way do it all kind of guy who mm-hmm. can get you buckets, who can get you assists, who can run the offense, who can defend uh, multiple positions at a, at an elite level. I'm I'm just I'm scratching my head, man. Like me, me it's just so classically Kings. Mm-hmm. And, and honest, honestly, guys, like sometimes like I kind of like I kind of think to myself when I see these NBA moves and like especially with the Kings, I'm like, like, look, like I, I'm, I'm a youth sports director. Like that's what I do for work. Right. right. Like that's what I do for work. And, and uh, I know I know I know Jay, I know I know you're in a tech industry. Uh, Greg, you know, I, I don't know exactly what you would, you know, what your your form of income is. But right. This is what we do. The Kings manager gets paid to do this. Like it gets paid a lot of money to do this and makes these stupid moves that people who like I'm I don't I do this podcast for fun you know what I'm saying dog and 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 all of us we are all in mind boggled just like so I'm wondering like either we're insanely stupid and he's just like over here but I don't think that's the case because year after year after year he's proven that he's been wrong yeah I mean it's not as if you know it's not as if the the kings have a proven track record of just (laughs) mind-boggling fuck-ups Man, I'm, not, I'm yeah. I might apply to be a GM for the Kings. <laughs> I might apply. I'm, I'm send in my application. I could use a raise, sure. <laughs> you want me to fuck up your franchise, pay me millions of dollars? Like, where do I sign? <laughs> for real, All right. man. All right, guys. So then let's get, let's go ahead and get to the next trade that we got here, and that is the Cavs and the Pacers. Um, you know, I, I've I've heard uh, I've heard both sides of the story, so I want to hear how you guys feel, but. Uh, the Cavaliers got uh, Karis LeVert in a 2022 second-round pick, which is coming via Miami. The Pacers got Ricky Rubio, who's injured right now, and a, a two 2022 second-round picks, one coming via Utah, shout-out Greg, one going via Houston, and then a lottery-protected 2022 second-round pick from the Cavs is going to the Pacers. It's a lot. Oof. Man. <laughs> I'll does any team go forward or is it a sideways? I really I think like Karis LeVert yeah. for the, uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they needed one more guy with, with Colin Sexton out for the season. They needed one more guy who could create, make shots really like one thing that Karis LeVert does so well is draw the defense towards him. He does a great job of penetrating and getting into the paint, and he's a good enough passer that he can get himself out of that situation, you know. And when you've got guys like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and and you know Darius Garland and like even Laurie Markinen, I know he he's injured right 
yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. even still, like you've got you've got just this like plethora of guys who can he can get the ball to. Like, I think it's a sneaky good move for mm-hmm. Cleveland, who like I don't necessarily think Cleveland is a title team, you know, but they're certainly not a team you want to play in the playoffs. Because they got um, nothing to lose. They're yeah. just one of them young, yeah. hungry and, teams. You know, and they got just a plethora of talent. And, you know, I think it just gives them one more option and one more guy who can get buckets and distribute and just, like, be a thorn in the side of, of an opposing team. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, Greg. And I look at – for to be honest, like, I'm so high on the Cavs. Like, I've been saying it since the start of the season. So That's good. been my league pass team. I Well, even since we had you on the show, I remember – when I really truly thought of the Cavs as a team was when they played, I don't know if you remember this, Greg, against the Utah in, in, in Cleveland yeah. and Garland had a huge game. They Garland, ended up losing Garland, that game, but yeah, I think Garland yeah. had 30 or something mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, mm-hmm. I missed the, uh, the almost half court shot at the end of the game. Right. You know, Utah, Utah got that road win, but like mm-hmm. that was a game would kind of like open my eyes and I was already pretty high on Evan Mobley. And that was a game where I was yeah. like, he is a young Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. Like they're really good. Jared Allen should have been an all-star this year. Mm-hmm. Oh. Garland is an all-star. Like they're, they're right. I mean, I haven't even mentioned they got Kevin Love too, who's been balling Man. out this season. Like Man. career resurgence. They're right just, there. I mean. they're really, really good. And like, they're yeah. so young and so deep that they could be really good for a long time. And like, mm-hmm. again, it's just one more, one more chess piece. Mm-hmm. to this already super deep dangerous team yeah I, I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm what's up jay go ahead jay go ahead no i mean yeah no i i, I just think greg maybe greg could chime in on this this is uh and I, I this team the lakers didn't make a deal this 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 does lebron say i'm i'm done with the lakers and say i'm going home this team i don't know i don't know i just look at this roster and i said why why if i'm lebron i would say man shoot i'm, I'm going home for at least one year or two maybe oh, maybe do you want to do you want to play oh, with the shit. younger more athletic more spry version of anthony davis i'm just saying oh, I'm just bro saying. like <laughs> oh man that'll be that crazy. would be that would be so wild you bring Bronny with him sure why not oh, fuck man. it oh, have a party that'd be box office though right i mean yeah, bro come on Come on, that's just a throwing out there. Just throwing out there, but nah. The return, yeah, the return 2.0, man. Like, yeah, oh man. Sign me up, man. That would be oh, so man. fun. I'd love oh, that. So yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, like, man. J- j- yeah. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was just, I was just gonna, man. I was just gonna harp uh, kind of on what you were saying, Greg. With as far as it's like they fixed the, they fixed the only issue that you can vis- visibly see when you know looking at their team, like you know the. Uh, they have a solid. They have solid point guards. They have a lot of, like how you said, a plethora of bigs. But what they needed, they needed someone that can go get it on their own, can go score at any time, put the ball on the ground. The only thing I do want to add, because Jay, I mean, you notice, I've been telling you this since the beginning of the season. Like Karis Levert, and I mean, like, I definitely, you know, and I'm not like making fun of him or nothing like that. I'm getting on him, but that injury that he had definitely affected him a lot. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the 2020 playoffs. Karis Levert was balling for the Nets. He, like, was, he was he was he was nasty. He was yeah. nasty. Yeah. Like that little, that, that little stop and go game, stop and go game. And he was like, especially in that bubble, like he kind of was reason the Nets were even a thing. And and he he kept them relevant that year. 
but this year I've I've got to see a lot of Karis LeVert's games, and he doesn't he looks just doesn't even play the same way, and that's concerning to me. He's changed his whole playing style, and I know it was a, it was a, you know a scary injury with his with the kidney and how they found a tumor in there. But like I just I just want the I just want that to be on people's mind as well that we might not get Karis LeVert from 2020 Nets, but I think that even if you get 50 percent of that, I think that that's, that's a great addition to already uh, rocking and rolling Cavs team. Yeah, and, and just to go along with that, I think a lot of it, his injuries and all that, his back problems, is it's just his style of play. You know, that herky jerky kind of. It's kind of it's kind of a unsustainable. But part of that is what makes him so successful because you, it's it's hard to guard when he when a guy has a style of play, but that can catch up to your body wise. But do why I do like the addition as well is I think I'm really high on Garland as you know I mentioned earlier. He's one of the elite you know three level scorers in the game, and I think this gives them him the ability to play off ball and I think he's a great shoot like he's an elite three-point shooter much of what we've seen this season Karis LeVert's a great creator too so you you add him into the mix he's got weapons he's got shooters around him not to mention that two-man game the high low action with Evan Mobley and uh Jared Allen I mean it's really scary it's really scary out here for, for the I Cavs. did not I mean, I thought that like Cleveland was a fringe playoff team. I was thinking more like play in this season. They've been the most surprising team Absolutely. in the league this year. They're so not- fun to watch, man. <laughs> Them and the Grizzlies are my two league pass teams. And like, mm-hmm. I do not regret going all in on both of them. They're fun. And not only that, but like the Cavs are such a vibes team. Mm-hmm. And the vibes. The vibe in Cleveland right now are sky high, just immaculate vibes. Immaculate vibes. It's hard to say because Cleveland is, as a city is awful, but there's, there's (laughs) some, there are some redeeming qualities strictly surrounding the Cavaliers. Absolutely, man. The Cavs is bringing, is bringing uh, Cleveland back to live, baby. (laughs) But, uh, and then uh, Jay, I just wanted, I just wanted to point this out because um, a point, I wanted to point two things out. One, you kind of called this at the beginning of the season, so that like that's crazy. Like, uh, I remember I had the Cavs bottom bottom of the league. You had them, you had them up there, so that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. And then another thing is that I remember you had told me like, hey, like watch Garland now that Rubio's out, and Garland really his game took a whole another step. And now, now that Rubio went out, because I feel that that Rubio was kind of there as that as that blanket protector for Garland. You know, if if something if something happened, you know, you got a vet that was there to be to be able to handle it. But now with Rubio not there, Garland had to step up on all those moments. And man, that grew him as a player in, in, in such little time. And this right here also opens up the floor more for Garland and really gives him the full keys to the team. So that's another mm. that's another thing that kind of really helped because Karras isn't going to play the one. He's going to play more of that two or even, you know, stretch into that, that three. You could so, also stagger the two of them. You know, they, it gives them just yeah. a whole lot of dynamism and versatility and like, yeah. If there has been a silver lining to Colin Sexton going down this season, it is uh, the emergence of Darius Garland. I, you know, I thought he was a really nice player. Did I think he was going to be an all-star this year? No, absolutely not. He's been so incredibly good. And is you know, he, he's, he got handed the keys to the car and is just flying. Fabulous. <laughs> he's been, yeah, he's been wonderful. Um, one of my favorite guys in the league. He's awesome. Um, he just has he has that it factor, man. Not scared of the moment. Just and a then, guy. Just just a just a dude. Just a dude. He's 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 a guy. I'm not gonna lie. And then 
Uh, just real quick before we move on, I do want to talk to you, talk to you guys about this because this is something that this is something that was brought to my attention, and that's you know with the addition of Karis Levert, do the Cavs move on from Colin Sexton? Are they looking to like leave him as a backup? You know, point guard one or two? How how are you feeling about that? He's gone. I think he's. I, I truly think. Well, I mean, Garland's has said plenty of times that he has no issue or beef with with Colin Sexton and, and that backcourt. But I, I just truly think he's gone. I don't really see a fit for him now that uh, that Karras is here. I think that they got that secondary playmaker that they needed, and I think Sexton's maybe greener pasture. I think Sexton Sexton is uh, is over. It's over here. R.I.P. Sexton, man. Um, <laughs> I do think, but I think there's still such a market for for a guy like Colin Sexton. There are so mm-hmm. many teams who need a legitimate point guard. <laughs> Lakers. <laughs> uh, yes. Even yeah, like, like if I'm the, if true, I'm the, cli- if I'm the Clippers yeah. right now, you know, this off season, I go and try to get him, you know, or, I mean, there's, it's actually true. There's so many teams <laughs> out there who could, who could go, who need a legit starting point guard. Like Colin Sexton is a good player, you know, he looks like the type of guy who like chooses toenails. <laughs> you know, he's got Isn't that like great? he's got the like Dylan Brooke, Brooks like chaotic energy about him. But like sometimes mm. you want someone like that on your team. Like, yeah, I still think you know. I think he'll be able to bounce back. He's what like 23, 24, 25. I don't know exactly how mm. old he is, but I, he's young. Young bodies healed. Yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah, I still think he's going to be. He'll be an asset somewhere. May not be mm. Cleveland. That happens. You right. can go somewhere else and still be a really good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm right there with you guys. Uh, I think that he could, he'll definitely become an asset and be and be movable here for the Cavs. So let's keep it pushing, guys, and let's talk about uh, a little bit, I guess, of a less exciting trade, and that's you know between the the Celtics and the Spurs. Uh, the Celtics got Derek White. The Spurs got uh, Josh Josh Richardson, 2022. Uh, first round pick, which is a protected pick, and then uh, Romeo Langford. So, are you got it? Did, I really, in my opinion, this is kind of a sideways move. Like, you didn't really go anywhere. Like, you know, I guess it's cool for San Antonio to have a young talent, Romeo Langford, and great for Boston to have a real point guard. You know, great for Boston to have a real point guard. But in my opinion, I think Boston should have went out of, after Jalen Brunson. That's who would really would have put that team together. But uh, but it definitely is great to have a point guard to run a team now and have Jason Tatum and. Jalen Brown be able to play more off ball and not just dribble, 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 score. I think it's a nice, honestly, I think it's, it's a plus move for the Celtics. I think that like, yeah. uh, I think Josh Richardson is a nice player, but he's, he's on a downward trajectory. I think, you know, he's a guy who's, who's hit his ceiling and is kind of trending downwards while, you know, Derek white is, is a guy who's trending in the opposite direction and continues to get better. Yeah. Again, you know, you get a, you get a legitimate ball handler, you know, you can, this probably means fewer minutes for Dennis Schroeder, which is a nice thing for Boston. <laughs> um, you know, you, you, I, I think Schroeder sees less minutes and you probably stagger Marcus Smart and, and, and Derek White. And like, yeah, another guy who can compliment the Jays. I like it. I I'm very confused, very confounded at what the Spurs are doing right now. Yeah, I know Dejounte Murray was was not very happy. You know. Yeah, I saw the tweet. He be. tweeted the "What the fuck" yeah. gif. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think I think that the the at least on paper the the definitive winner of this trade 
is Boston. I think they got better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 right there. I mean, in my opinion, I think it was more of a sideways move, but yeah, if it, it, uh, Boston definitely got uh was the winner of this uh, of this trade scenario. Are you are you you agree as well, Jay? Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm high on Derek White. I think he's a great addition for the for the um Celtics and I they guess they retained Marcus Smart. There's rumors about him going elsewhere so i think i like i really like what their backcourt and defensively add some size for them as well so um and and shooting better shooter i'd say than um dennis schroeder so i think it's a win for the celtics they got younger they got more versatile they got Mm -hmm. more dynamic you know they addressed a uh a glaring need Mm -hmm. you know i like it for boston honestly i think it's Mm -hmm. a nice move Absolutely. The more you think about it, right, Greg? I mean, just yeah. just personally, like I, the more you think about what they got, it's it's a great move. It's you know, good, like yeah, Derek Derek White's not a superstar. He's not a guy who's yeah. gonna completely change your 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 franchise, but he's a really good complimentary mm-hmm. player. Like mm-hmm. he's a he's in a you know, I'm not gonna say like a top tier, but like a very above average role player. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a nice move for them. Yeah. Yeah, singles are good singles are good sometimes you don't always need to hit a home run i think no so. yeah like that's, that's like the j i mean the jays are your two superstars on this team they yeah. are your they like they're your perennial all-stars like you have the guys you want to build around and Derek white seems like the type of guy you'd want to bring in to build around he can be a complimentary player mm-hmm. yeah i really like i really like it for boston mm-hmm. Finally, Boston, 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 getting some luck going this year, man. Finally, man. But so, and then, uh, so, so let, let's kick it to the next trade here. And this is our first four team trade that we had this, uh, this, this wild. season. This is freaking wild, you guys. So, the Detroit Pistons are receiving Marvin Bagley from Sacramento. The Clippers are receiving Shimmy Ojale from the Bucks and Rodney Hood from the Bucks. The Bucks are somehow getting better and receiving Sergi Vaca from the from the Clippers, two second round picks and cash consideration, and the and then the Sacramento Kings, of course, got worse. Josh Jackson, Dante Divincenzo, and Trey Lyles. Honestly, I don't know if you guys want to start with a certain team, but what? Uh, how do you guys want to kick this one off? <laughs> I mean, sir, I, I I love the addition for the Bucks. Serge Ibaka, win, winning pedigree. I mean. The rich get richer. I guess that's what this deal says. But RIP, not RIP, but I mean, I feel feel for Dante DiVincenzo going to that man. <laughs> classless that, that organization. That poor guy, man. That poor he guy. He went from up here to down here. <laughs> he was yeah. the championship. He was a champion last year. But that's what I really got. I got to say about that deal. I think Marvin Bagley could have been Luka Doncic and Trey Young. So. Kings still suck, but <laughs> could, you really, imagine, could you imagine a, if you're a Kings fan? Could that you would imagine suck. a Luka Doncic, De'Aaron Fox tandem? Oh shit! I like. Man, oh man! I still think, obviously, like the 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 time has passed that I think that Marvin Bagley can be an All Star mm-hmm. in this league or anything close to it. I, I am excited for him to get a fresh start you know i think the the number one thing when it comes to marvin bagley is getting out of sacramento yeah you know i who knows if if 
a stint in Detroit will help him at all, but at least it's a fresh start. He gets to play with Cade Cunningham, you know, and Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe, maybe he can have some sort of career resurgence, but again, he's at least sca- escaped basketball purgatory. And I'm with you with the Bucks. Like they had a Brooke Lopez sized uh, hole and they needed to be it. filled. <laughs> And they got, yeah. they got Serge Ibaka. Like he's missed quite a bit of time this year, but um, he's been a plus defender for the Clippers when he's been on the court. He's shooting mm-hmm. something like 55% from the field and like almost 40% from three. Like, and just a guy yeah. who, again, winning pedigree is versatile enough that I see him being able to, uh, to mold with this team and compliment Giannis and Middleton and the rest of this team. Like, again, yeah, you, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. The rich got richer. Like this makes, mm. this makes the Bucks just like that much more dangerous. And like, listen, I would not be surprised one bit if we're, we're talking in, in July about how the Bucks repeated. Hey, Greg, yeah. I freaking yeah, that is That's my call. Greg. They're good. I, I called that Greg. I said, I got the Bucks when I got the Bucks coming out, and I got and I and I don't be I wouldn't doubt if they double up this year. And I really go think to we're gonna get a rematch of last year's finals. I really do. Ooh. I think they're the two best teams in the NBA. Wow, that would be insane. Right now honestly. they are. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. That would be insane. No, and I think that it. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is a top two player in this league, and he's not number two. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's so yeah. good and he keeps adding things to his game. You know, he's got the he's got a he's got a legit post game now. He's mm. like he's he's shooting fadeaway jumpers like come on. Every time his every- footwork in the paint like every time I watch yeah. him there's just some like something watching new. the box and watching Giannis. He does he does three or four things in a game every mm. single game that no one else in the NBA can do. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I I really, really love this move for yeah, the Bucks. It really makes them just so much more dangerous and gets them a legit big man who can fill that Brooke Lopez role. Yeah, that's exa- exactly that, man. I mean, like I said, Greg, like, you know, the, uh, the Bucks lost, uh, you know, shooting and rim protection with Brooke. God, you really got all that back. And then uh, and then just one thing I kind of want to want to talk about with Marvin Bagley, because so I, I also don't think I think the ship has sailed for Marvin Bagley to be an all star. But I think he can be a really good player in this league. And because I've really been watching Marvin Bagley since his his college days. And I know that pickup basketball and NBA basketball is two totally different things. But like, I don't know if you guys watch like Rico Hines, like those summer runs. Uh-huh. In the in the summer, like I he like, can hoop, he can hoop, yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. Can, like I really watch. I was like, he can really, and he's hooping out there with his NBA players, and so I. I but then again, I know it's two totally different things. A lot of uh, different layers and context that has to do with you know, just pick up basketball and and in the NBA. But I definitely like uh, like what you said, Greg, about you know Marvin Bagley's biggest win was getting out of Sacramento, and now you like getting a chance to you know to actually operate and actually be able to even do something man but he's gonna have to work on some of that defense so there's there's one more thing i just want to mention really quickly in this trade and that is the utah jazz traded trey lyles to get donovan mitchell whoa (laughs) (laughs) whoa oh man whoa greg that's a that's a bomb bomb. (laughs) how are you gonna just drop the bomb on us like that greg (laughs) 
it's it's one of the few few uh, feathers in the Utah Jazz's cap. Yeah, holy smokes! Oh man, are we gonna look back and think about the same uh, about uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker? You know, I don't know. That's what I see the development. The Jazz, the Jazz are great at developing players. Mm -hmm. He's obviously still a work in progress, but Mm. I am cautiously optimistic. A little more optimistic than cautious, Mm. but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and 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 uh, earlier uh, earlier we were talking about the uh, that that Pelicans and and Portland trade, which you know which sent uh, which sent Nikhil Alexander Walker to Portland, and Portland flipped him uh, to the Jazz. But you know now I I, uh, I know Greg, you, you gave us a little bit of your of your thoughts on that on the, um, Nikhil Alexander Walker on the Jazz. But now let's talk about that 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 the three team trade that actually did get him there and like the full details of it with uh-huh. uh, you know Nikhil Alexander Walker going to the Jazz. Uh, uh, Wancho and Herman Gomez going to the Jazz. Blazers getting Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, Elijah Hughes second round pick. Spurs getting Thomas Sadaransky in a second round pick. So, Greg, I mean, I know you already talked about Nikhil, but how do you feel about you know Wancho Herman Gomez? Is that some like I think he's going to be a great like do the dirty work player for Rudy Gobert, um, so he doesn't have to you know bang with those big bodies down low. But how you feeling I, about that? I think honestly, he probably gets waived. Mm-hmm. You know, especially because I think the Jazz are absolutely going to sign Daniel House for the rest of the season, you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if they do try to pick someone up uh, on the on the buyout market, you know, a guy that's been rumored. I know they didn't make the move for him, but I know that they have been targeting Gary Harris, you know, and there are all sorts of rumors he's going to get bought up, bought out from the magic. Um, so I, I would be very surprised if Hernan Gomez actually... Uh, plays a single minute for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, when he is focused, is has been very, very good for the Jazz this season. They also um, have Yudoka Azabuke, who is proving that he actually maybe might belong in the NBA as a backup center. So there's a little bit of fire underneath Hassan Whiteside. Ultimately, what I'm getting at is that I think the stable of big men for the Utah Jazz is full. And I think, you know, they just, they acquired him as a way to get Nikhil Alexander-Walker and make the deal work. But uh, I think he's going to be waived. And I don't think that Hernan Gomez is a good player. So I'm not exactly heartbroken. <laughs> All right. And then Jay, do you have any thoughts about, about the, this, this three-team trade? No, I mean, the clear winners, the Jazz. And then, yeah, like Greg said, I don't think Hernan Gomez sees a minute, second for the, for the Jazz. Um, and... and I like their big man rotation. I got a, I got a good glimpse of it last night, unfortunately. <laughs> beat that, Greg. That was a beatdown, man. But I was not expecting that. Listen, man, if we, either, if we can get Quinn Snyder to convince the Utah Jazz that every game is the game before the trade deadline. Yeah, man. You know, the Jazz are going to win the title. <laughs> yeah. No. That's, that's all he's got to do for the rest of the season, right? Yeah. yeah. When the Jazz are clicking and defending like that, they're really, really hard to beat. They're really hard to beat. Um, the problem is, is that they are wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I do want to say about this trade is that I am excited for Elijah Hughes to get some playing time in Portland. He was a guy that kind of was intriguing for the Utah Jazz and was playing a lot in the G League. He has, you know, the prototypical NBA body. He's a guy who can score, who can get in the lane, who can shoot. Um, 
I'm excited for him to get the opportunity that I think he deserves. He was obviously wasn't going to get it on uh, playing for the jazz, you know, and especially with kind of the emergence of Trent Forrest, you know, who's been able to fill the, the Joe Ingles role. I thought there was maybe a chance that Elijah Hughes could do that, but you know, obviously that's not going to happen, but he's an intriguing, he's an intriguing kid who I think belongs in the NBA because he can score. Um, and again, I'm just excited. He's going to get an opportunity. Man, I feel you. That, that, that's how I feel about about uh, James Booknight, which is funny that we're talking because, you know, let's move on to the next trade. James Booknight's on the Hornets. And uh, let's talk about this Hornets trade real quick. The Hornets, uh, they got Montrez Harrow and they the Washington Wizards got Ish Smith and, and Vernon Carey Jr. Honestly, like not really much to say about this, but the only thing I, I just want to say is like, uh, so you, you know how prior to the trade deadline, the people were like, oh, the, the Hornets need to get a big, they need to get Miles Turner, they need to get a big, they need to get a big, you know, like, and this is no disrespect to Trez, because Trez is my guy, but this is like when you ask your mom for like a name brand, and then she gives you a knockoff, because like, and then there's no disrespect to Trez. You got the U- U.S. Polo Association <laughs> yes, uh, they got the backup US center. Polo. <laughs> they got the fubo, bro. They got the fubo because, I mean, again, not to be rude, I don't think Montrez Hero really moves the needle to make him that playoff team. I think he's a good, he's a good offensive player, and he can, you know, he's got some good moves down low. But they needed rim protection, they needed defense, and I don't think he really moves the needle like that for to what they needed. So I just kind of—that's all I really have to say about that. I don't know if you guys got anything to say, but, um, but yeah, that was that was. Uh, nah, nah, I, I don't think. Trez moves the needle for them. I think they needed more. Rashawn Holmes, maybe, I think would have been a better option, but yeah, 100%. I really like Rashawn Holmes, man. Yeah. Get him out of sack. Get him out of sack, man. Get everybody out of sack. Get everybody out of sack. Let's just get him to Seattle. Seattle. Nah, move move the Kings to Vegas, move Portland to Seattle. Yeah. Oh, to Vegas. Just, 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 yeah. Fuck the both of those franchises so much. I'm so mad at both of them. All right. So so then uh so then let, let let's get to this other trade here that we got that just recently came in here. Uh that was Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans to the Washington Wizards for Christoph Porzingis. Honestly, this is like, so weird. What in the world is Washington doing? Like, I don't know, like they're like rebuilding, but like trying to compete, and I don't know what Washington's doing, honestly. I think one um Dallas is absolutely convinced that Porzingis is, is, is washed that, you know, he's not, he's not ever going to be the unicorn again, which, you know, probably smart by them. Um, And second, I think Cuban has to be thrilled that he can pay a player in uh, monkey JPEGs. Oh, man. Spencer Dimity is into the whole JPEG hype movement. It's so it's it's such a weird move because you have three players on a on downward trajectories and there seems to be just like so much uh hypotheticals surrounding this trade. Like, can Kristaps Porzingis have a career resurgence and like be a a complimentary player to Bradley Beal next season? Um, and then of course on the same on the other side of this trade can Dinwiddie play like he did when he was a six man of the year contender for for Brooklyn can he get that back can Davis Bertans get back to being uh, an elite six man three-point shooter like it's just it's it 
it seems like a very lateral move. And I don't mean that the two Latvian players in the NBA were traded for each other. I like that, Greg. I like that, Greg. I like that, man. Well, I mean, honestly, (laughs) honestly, guys, um, I I really don't understand like just Washington. Um, Also, it's kind of funny, you know, funny that you said, Greg, when you were just like, um, you mentioned the fact that Chris, well, Mark Cuban now knows like, okay, well, Chris Tops is completely washed. It's funny. Cause like a couple of months ago, he was like, I'm not trading Chris Tops. He's right. great. <laughs> he's like, he's great. I'm not. Trading he came Chris out. Tops. He was playing really well for a little while, yeah. you know, like actually <laughs> looked like he was, he was starting to like come back, get his footing yeah. again. And then, but, and then, <laughs> you know, he got hurt again. And I think it's great that Porzingis gets to go to the one organization with the longest history of injured big men ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's going to fit in perfectly in Washington. They have work perfect incredible for him. suit tailors. It's going to yeah. work perfect for him, man. But all right, man. Well, guys, I think we talked about a lot of trade guys, and I think this is a good place for us. Go ahead and then wrap it up here. Greg, man, as always, and you are the man. Thank you for coming on and talking about all the all everything everything man all your knowledge that you share with us uh, we really really appreciate it i mean all the fans you guys already know greg's got a podcast man i'm gonna link all of greg's work all of his social media down in the description down below man so check it out make sure to go show him some love but uh greg you got any last words you want to say here no thank you so much for having me on yes sir this man. is always a blast yeah yes, sir jay greg appreciate you my guy and uh I ain't got I ain't got anything to say. What a wild, what a wild deadline, though. What wow. a wild deadline. Yeah. That's, that's that's perfect, Jay. You know what, Jay? Hey, fan, for all the fans, like, comment, subscribe. Jay, end the episode on that. What a wild deadline. <laughs> yeah, what a wild deadline. <laughs> all Yo, right, guys. Man.